little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now
Good morning. I am not Wayne Begg, and I am not going to play the keyboard, so um, that's good. Uh, this is our, um, our uh, Memorial Day, right? It's Memorial Day today, so um, I was telling Mike Berdenka, I said, I'll, I was talking to him yesterday, I said, I'll see you tomorrow. You and I might be the only ones there, but that's good. So it's great to see everybody here today. I'm excited. Are you excited to be here? All right, welcome to Haven Community Church. We're going to be somewhat uh, praise team unplugged. Um, I want you to keep uh, um, the lead family in your prayers. Um, Fred and Jackson um, uh, and uh, Marlena and Eden have headed to North Carolina um, uh, at the death of her, her uncle. And so they had to head down there. They were going to be with us today, but we ask that you lift them up in prayers as they headed down there. And um, just everybody who's traveling, it is getting to be summertime, right? This weather seems nice, doesn't it? And um, so we're just glad that you're all here. But we're going to be here, and we're going to worship the Lord. Let me ask, I asked a question yesterday on Facebook, and a couple people got it. A couple people didn't, so you fail. Uh, But um, anybody know what today is? Pentecost, right? Now, for for most of the people in the world, they could give a care. But for us, it is one of the most important things that happened in the life and ministry of Church Universal, when the Holy Spirit came down, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the promise from Joel that the Spirit of of the living God would live within us, not apart from us or come upon us, but would live in us and strengthen us. So we're really excited about that. It's known as the church's birthday. So I want you to stand up, and we're going to sing some songs about that. Uh, But most of all, we're here for, uh, church is not about us. It's about worshiping God. So if you had a week, even though it was wonderful weather and all that kind of stuff, We want you to just stop and focus and worship God, all right? So I'm going to start with a prayer today. Lord God, we're just so grateful that we can come here and worship you. We're just glad that everybody's here who is here today, and we just pray that your spirit, that that spirit that fell in that upper room among all those believers at the time and filled them, will still move mightily here today in our, in our, our room here and in our community and larger world. God, one thing we know is that this world so, so much needs Jesus. And we just pray that your spirit will use us, strengthen us to further that here and around the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. He is the Lord and He reigns on high. He is the Lord. Spoke into the darkness, created the light. He is the Lord. Who is like unto Him, never ending in days. He is the Lord. And He comes in power when we call on His name. He Sing it out. Show your power, oh Lord our God. Show your power, oh Lord our God, oh Lord our God. All right. Now the lights are out, and I can only see a couple of you. And some, but I see some clapping. I see some standing there like you're dying. So hey, you can't go. Show your power, show your power, show your power. Go ahead. Here we go. Your gospel, O Lord, is the hope for our nation. You are the Lord. It's the power of God for our salvation. 
want people to mistake that this is a Pentecostal church today, right? <laughs>
Lord God, we just thank you so much that um, we just call on your name and you send your power. Thanks to your son, Jesus, suffering, dying and raising from the dead. But God, he didn't leave us alone. He promised he would send us another comforter, another counselor. And he, and he promised us that the, the great things that he did, which were absolutely amazing, that we could do in your name. And Lord, you know that we have communities and people that are dying physically. We know that you have people who are, who are dying spiritually. And yet, God, we just pray that the same spirit to raise Christ Jesus from the dead will give your, your church strength and we'll, that we can uh, see our community and our world around us raised up in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for those of us who are struggling, whatever the struggle may be, God, we just pray that we will lean on and hold on that all of you, everything that you have is more than enough for what the problems and situations that we deal with. So God, during this time, we give you praise and we thank you for who you are. And we give praise in Christ's mighty name. And all God's children gave a shout. Amen. There we go. All right. I'm going to ask that you have a seat, but that our Sunday school and everybody stay here. We're going to do something really special right now. Okay, one of the things that we look at in life is, um, you know, how many remember the days of, um, of when children were to be seen and not heard? How many of you wish it was that way in your house? To, okay. <laughs> um, but um, one of the things that, you know, that was a big feeling when Jesus was on the scene on the earth. Uh, and um, one of the things that happened is the, the children came to him and, he, and they were trying to get them away. And he said, no, 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 uh-uh. Let the children come to me, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But then he also, it's believed that John, one of the people who wrote next to Paul, most of the New Testament, second in line, that's a pretty good deal. The one who sat next to Jesus, the one who is, just called himself the one who Jesus loved, was John. And he was about, many people believe, just bar mitzvah, 13, 14, 15. So we look at him as a teen, but they looked at him as a man. And it became the person that was the only disciple that we know of that didn't die a martyr's death. And so one of the things that we take very seriously here in church is membership, but we also recognize that our youth and our children are not to be seen and not heard. We believe that they are part of our church and they are the church. And, um, and anybody agree with that? All right, so that's what we want to see. And so um, for the last several weeks, Debbie DiVirgilio has been leading our, our confirmation. And so Debbie, I'm going to ask you to come up. Do you have a microphone? There you go. I'll give you this one. I got, I'll give you this one right here, all right? Um, and so Debbie is going to call individuals up, and then we're going to have a, a brief presentation, and we're going to just enjoy this time here. Rachel Jordan Cohen. Okay, Rachel, do you know what your name means? It means you or little lamb. Mm -hmm. And in Genesis 22, 8, we read, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And Luke 10, 3, we read, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. So one of the things I want to I build upon that, and many of you know, for every member who comes into this church and joins, we do this. In 
in the Bible, names mean something. And how many of you just threw a name down when you had a kid? Just said, ah, that looks good. Let's throw it down. Um, not many of us. We thought about it. We tried to figure if kids could make fun of it at school, right? Let me see if we put that together. That's not going to work. Okay, so we, we do those kind of things. Um, and names and, and the Bible are significant of a, of a calling. And we've been doing a lot around spiritual gifts in this church. And one of the things that, uh, you know, we, we always talk about, we don't say, like, if we want to be strong, we don't say, oh, let me go get a little lamb. I want to go get a little lamb to fight for me. We don't say that. But one of the references in the scripture is that is Jesus is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so what we know is lambs throughout the scripture, you're going to like this, Rachel, are about sacrifice. And if there's one thing that we know, we live in a culture where we think we got to put our head down and be a ram, ram right through. But no, scripture tells us that we need to go ahead and be a living sacrifice to each other in the nature of Christ Jesus. So Rachel, my prayer is that you will continually be uh, strong in the Lord, but confident in serving and loving others. And uh, recognizing that out there there's a lot of wolves that want to tear Christians apart, but that you'll remain to your strength. All right? Love you, honey. Your dad's just awesome, too, by the way. All right. Your mom's pretty good, too. All right. Jana Brickner. Jana, do you know what your name means? Uh, I actually have multiple meanings. The first one is God's gracious gift. The second one is kid or adorable. And the third one is you guys are going to laugh or I'm going to it. Okay. <laughs> no, really. You like the first two better, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Jana, your name does mean gift from God. And we look at 1 Corinthians 7-7. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. And in Romans eleven twenty nine, we read, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What's, what's incredible, I, like, as I said, in our church, just real quick, how many of you have, been, have gone through or have been going through the spiritual gifts small group study that we've had? And you just kind of raise your hand if you have. And so, so that's good. That's awesome because people ha- are connecting to that spiritual giftedness. Because, yes, we all have natural talents, um, that things that we learn to do. Some, how many of you can sing? Ask the person to raise the hand next to you, see if that, that's true. But some of us just are given a natural gift of singing. Others have to work at things. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that God gifts us spiritually, supernaturally, through his Holy Spirit, in order to do certain things so that the body is of Christ, which is the church, works well. And so, Jenna, um, I love that gift from God. Because how many like to get gifts? Do you like to get gifts? How many like presents? If you're not raising your hand, take note next to you. You don't have to buy them anything for birthday or, or Christmas and watch them pout. We all like gifts. We love gifts. I like gifts. It's nice. But what is great, greater than having a gift from our Heavenly Father? The greatest gift was Jesus, but he gave us a gift, and God's calls or gifts are irrevocable. So if you feel that God's given you a gift, don't try to hide it. Remember that old Sunday school song, hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. The God gave you a gift spiritually to use. If you don't use that, then guess what happens? The, the church and the body doesn't work in the function. Those of you who know I had my gallbladder out, I never knew I had a gallbladder. I never knew what it was. But when that sucker stopped functioning... I knew exactly what it was. 
in the body of Christ, when we don't use our gifts, when the gifts that God gave you, Jenna, and others, we don't use, the church feels the pain. And so does the world around it. All right? Oh, guys, hold on. oh she's taking over. See, that's her gift. Ah, where is he, Tom? <laughs> Happy birthday, Tom. Hey, here's the question. Did you get him a gift? Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> That's a gift right there. That works. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Brienne Russell. Hey, you are, sweetie. Do you know what your name means? All right. Brienne means strength. And in Psalm 28, 7, we read, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Strength. How many like, how many like to be strong? Anybody like to be strong? Um, I think that was the toughest thing after I had surgery, is that I couldn't do stuff, and now they won't let me lift 10 pounds. And do you know how everything is, like, less than 10 pounds? And that drives me nuts. And... Um, but one of the things is, is I realize through those times, I've had to lean on others to help me. Um, there's one person, when I think of strength in the Bible, I think of one person, Samson. Samson had all this physical strength. He, he knew everything. He was a little bit cocky, not like you, right? Okay, um, but a little bit, you know, what I love is she has a strength in her confidence. She is a confident girl, and that's awesome in this world. And then you add to that the strength of the Lord, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And she's always got a big smile on her face. At least every time I've seen and that, that smirk, she always looks like she's up to something too, but that's good. <laughs> but the thing about that is, the thing about that, Brienne, is that, that when there are times, last week as a church, we talked about the misconception that God won't give you anything more than you can handle that's in Scripture. And I told you that was wrong. But what he does do is when it gets tough, is he says, lean on me. Lean on me because I have the strength that can help you through. And many, I know I'm looking around seeing a lot of faith and seeing people who've been through difficult times and it's only through the Lord's strength that you've been able to make it through that. And I know you're going to be the same way and you're somebody who comes up and, and you build people up. And I love that. And I love you. And we're glad you're here. All right? Okay. And we have Lillian Warner. All right. Do you know what your name means? Okay, Lillian comes from Lily, and it means innocence, purity, beauty. And in Luke 12, 27, it says, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. One of the things that we're going to talk about today in church is God wants me happy. And I'm going to tell you that, why that's false. That's well, something we say a lot of times. God wants me happy. Um, and one of the things that I find out, Jesus was talking to a bunch of people at this time who many of them had lost everything in life. They were living outside. They were on the side of a hill. They had nothing to look for in life. And yet Solomon had everything, all the wealth, all the wisdom, all this kind of stuff in life. And Jesus said, hey, you know what? Look at the birds. Look at the, the, the lilies the flowers in the field, look at them. He said, they aren't worried about anything, so why are you worried? Because God loves you more than them, and he's going to take care of you. And so what we learn in life, life is going to throw a lot of things at you and say, if you get this, you'll be happy. If you get that, you'll be thrilled. If you, if you forget about God and you go this way, then that'll bring you the joy in your life. And I can tell you, that's false. Jesus said, oh, too many people who have everything in life worry, and they just 
wring their hands and they get upset. But look at the lilies of the field. They're beautiful and they're taken care of. And I think that's what you know. And I think that's where you're growing to know even more so is that no matter what goes on in life, that God has you and you can lean on him and trust in him and that everything's going to be cool. All right? Sound good? All right. So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for them. And if anybody, um, family, would like to come up and just stand with them, lay hands on them, and pray with them while we do this, feel, feel free to go ahead and do that right now. We're going to go ahead and take care of that. So if you want to, hurry up. Here comes Tom and Bobby. Here comes Norman. All right. Okay, come on. Go ahead. Rachel got scared because usually when Hannah lays hands on her, it's not in a nice way. <laughs> so. And we just want to pray for these guys. Put them up front here and just get in touch with them. Everybody pray with them. Lord God, I just want to thank you for these, these young people. That they are making a stance out in public to say, we love you, God, and we want to serve you, and we want to, we want to recognize that as we're maturing physically, we're also doing that spiritually, and we're taking a step to go ahead and go forward and just say, we want to be part of the church and tell people we love Jesus. And so God, for each of them, the little lamb, the gift from God, the strength, the lily that's innocent, pure, and beauty. God, you take all them, you put those parts together, and you have a mighty, powerful machine moving for you. So send your Holy Spirit upon them as we celebrate this day on Pentecost, and that you'll renew in them just a new commitment, and you'll make all those spiritual gifts that they're going to serve for many, many years until you return. God, we just give you praise for them in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. All right, so let's give them a hand. And, um, and at this time, our children can go to Sunday school, but I believe there is no um, middle school today. They're going to stay in here today. So thank you, guys. All right, thanks. Cheers, they just walked in. All right. Isn't that, isn't that great to see young people um, doing those kind of things? All right. So what I want to do, uh, again, for those of you visiting with us today, I want to welcome you. If you have young children that you would like to go to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry, if you just walk out in the hall um, or walk to this side, there'll be some people that can help you get to the classes that you need to be. And we're just glad that you're here. We believe that, uh, we, as we say every week, if you're visiting with us, we don't believe you're here by mistake. You may have come for a reason, but we believe that God wants to share something awesome with you here today. Okay. So, um, and if you received a card, it's very important. How many, I hope you received a card. If you did, fill that out. If you take it out here, the table will have a small gift for you. Thank you for being part of our church family here today. If you've been here for a couple weeks and never filled that out, please go ahead and do that. It gives us a chance to connect with you. All right? Um, you can take a look at some of these, uh, some of this information, particularly this week, the men's, uh, men's group. If you're a man and you like to eat, that's about every male. Um, this Tuesday, they will meet, you can see, at James Forsman's house. They're going to have a um, cookout. And um, y- if you need some more information, you can contact them, or if you, you can ask some people uh, here today, and we'll make sure you get that right information. If you never come to the men's group, great opportunity to do so, because they're going to feed you. Um, and you're going to gonna have some good time fellowship. Yes? Oh, yes, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It says Tuesday and Thursday, right? Tuesday? Tuesday at 6.30. Tuesday at 6.30. There we go. So thank you. Tuesday at 6.30. All right? 
Um, so we want to do that. Um, mark your calendars. Everybody right now, if you have an iPhone or a smartphone, take it out and put it in there so it remembers, you can remember everywhere. On Father's Day, which is June 21st, Father's Day, June 21st, we, we do our summer change where we just move it up the time uh, a half an hour. That way it gives people a full day to enjoy the sunlight. Don't worry. Winter's coming. And we'll be back in the doldrums again, and we'll be shoveling snow. So we want to give you a little bit more time to enjoy. Come here, connect, and worship, and it'll be an awesome time to connect and, and worship. Starting June 21st, Father's Day at 9.30. Uh, baptismal service on June 28th. Mark your calendar. What happens is after church, we will head down to the Northeast River, and we'll go where they have the, uh, the boat ramp, that little ramp down there. We'll get in there, and we'll have baptisms. And so um, we need people to begin to uh, go ahead and put those down on email, the connection, or let us, um, if you can do that. That way we'll know who's there so I can go ahead and speak to you before that. Because we want to make sure people know what they're doing. Baptism's not just like, eh, I feel like doing it. It's, uh, the weather's nice. I want to get in the, in the water. It's a commitment and a covenant relationship with God. And we've always had a great turnout for that. So um, that'll be exciting. And then we have three, only three compassion uh, children left for Compassion International. If you want to talk more about that, there'll be somebody out here that uh, might be able. Uh, there you are, right there. Wave your hand. There you go. See, I see that hand. Um, see, we are Pentecostal today. Um, and we can go ahead. Carol will go ahead and help you connect. And so three more children. Pull together with each other if you want to, to, to take the cost, but you can change someone's life by doing so. And Parish Foundation, the next meeting will be on the 21st. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on the 21st of June. And it's exciting. All right? Everybody good? Okay. Right now we want to go to the Lord. Uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to lift up some prayer requests as we do this. Pam Grable. There's Pam right there. Pam. She has a praise. Um, a friend of hers uh, was missing, uh, Vangelina Reynolds. And she was found missing after seven weeks. And so everything was good, healthy. So we praise God for that. And prayer for her. Her kidney is scheduled for a biopsy on the 18th. So we want to lift Pam up in your prayers. Trish Moore has asked prayers for um, Laura Yegson's uh, family for um, the loss of her mom on Tuesday and a safe trip for her mother and stepmom from New York. Andy has asked for prayers for his father, Phil, who is back in the hospital following complications from a surgery. And um, uh, anytime I think of um, a- Andy's father, he... Uh, it tells you how long ago it was. We were in a, a crosswalk, I mean a crop walk, where you walk for money, and he carried me on his shoulders. So you know it was a long, long time ago. So we want to lift him in prayers. And then, um, is Laura here? Laura White? I saw Laura. There she is. Laura, we want to pray for you. Is that cool? Can we do that? So, Laura, we're going to ask you to come up, and we're going to pray for you. And if anybody would like to pray, Debbie, would you come up too as our, our prayer person? Um, I'll put this up here. Come on down. There you go. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we want to pray for Michaela Wagner. She was killed in a car, uh, the family, because she was killed in a car accident on what night? Wednesday night, and she was 18, okay? All right, so one of the things that we, we believe, it, we believe in Scripture here, if you're visiting with us, and, and what the Scripture says, if any of you is sick or is ill, um, call 
the elders, the people, not the old people, but call the, peop- the people who are uh, prayer warriors together and anoint them and lay hands on them. Oil has been a symbol of the Holy Spirit from the entire time. There's not, I'm not opening this and saying, all of a sudden I've got magic. I'm not the genie from, um, from Aladdin or anything. What I am is a sinful Christian who is um, faithful, faithful to the Lord God and believes in his word. And so what we're going to do, we're going to anoint Laura. Laura's going to have a very extensive surgery this week, correct? Um, and so um, the 28th, and I know she's nervous, right? And I know, I know John is as well because uh, when, you're a, when you're a spouse and you can't do anything um, but just wait, it's sometimes even worse, as you well know. So what we want to do is be scriptural. We want to anoint her and pray for God's healing of her life, and we just want everybody else to join in an atmosphere of prayer with us. All right, can we do that? All right, here we go. So, Laura, we anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, right now we come to you for Laura. We know that this is a surgery that um, when she learned she had to have, that she was ready for, but she's also got some anticipation, some nervousness, and some other things. But God, we're just going to claim right now that this is all your hand working from the process, from the beginning through the end, that you, the scripture tells us that you are, and you've been referred to as the great physician. And so God, um, you be the lead surgeon in there. You uh, control the hands that put everything together. That God, you bring your Holy Spirit to bring peace upon Laura and upon John in this whole process. And God, that after it's all done, that with, with her, uh, her mouth she'll praise you all the more and that she'll just give you the glory and know that you were right there with her. Hold her hand, surround her with your love and just for um, her mother and, every, and the entire family. Um, God, you just give them peace because you are the Prince of Peace. Bring healing to her body even as we speak right now. Bring wisdom to the medical staff and ultimately, God, make your name be glorified in her. And we give you praise for this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. We love you, hon. There you go. What's been awesome is when we've, when we've prayed like this uh, for people, um, we've seen miracles happen in this church. And, um, and, um, and so it's been, been awesome. Many people have been prayed for, and we've seen doors open. So we believe in the power of prayer. So that's what we're going to do right now. And I'm going to ask that if we can go to this time of prayer. Lord God, we come before you today, and we, we thank you once again for sending your son, Jesus Christ, and bringing your Holy Spirit so, Lord God, as we, as we journey today in this, this thing called church, that, God, you may meet us here, that it won't just be business as usual, but what it will be is a time for your spirit to meet us. God, there are so many uh, prayers lifted up. We thank you for the praise that uh, Pam gave with Evangelina being found. We ask for your spirit to be with her as she has this biopsy. For the family that lost that, that young daughter where it seemed like the transition in life was just beginning and then to have her taken at the age of 18, God, I ask that Jesus bring your, the only thing that brings comfort, your peace to this family. For Trish, she's asked for, for, um, for traveling mercies upon family and upon the loss of, of a friend of hers. Be with her. And for Phil, 
Dempsey, Andy's father, who is uh, having some complications. God, you clean all that out and make it true and make him clean, make him whole. And for Laura, as we lifted and prayed for her, God, you know the prayer there, and we know that, that your love is everlasting. And we also know that, God, all of you is more than enough for what we need. And so, God, during the remainder of this time, we ask that you be very present more than ever before. But in addition to that, God, we know that you've given us so many blessings. And in those blessings, Lord God, you've been faithful. And so out of a grateful heart, not a begrudgingly, God, we now use this time to return back just a portion of the finances that we have. We've already been worshiping you in, in, in song and in spirit. So now, God, we return some of those blessings to you, whether we're here or whether we're online or we're traveling. Whatever it may be, God, the scripture says you love a cheerful giver. And let us give out of a joyful heart in order to meet those many needs here and around the world. For that, we give you praise, God. Renew us in Christ's name. Amen. stripped away Of your love as you live. 
scripture lesson first and then I'm going to go ahead and we're going to have an intro video and then we're going to continue on with the message today. The two verses from Ecclesiastes. The first one, everybody say Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Alright, doesn't it sound like a disease? I'm sorry ma'am, you have Ecclesiastes. Okay. So. Alright, alright. I think it's next to first hesitations. Alright, here we go. So, It says this, it begins, Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is the gift of God. All right? And our next verse, it comes from where? Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. When times are good, what? Be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. 
God has made one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. May God enrich the reading and hearing of his holy word. Now let's look at this. Couldn't have picked a better one myself. It's top of the line. All the options. The only thing it can't do is fly. No, I'm just licking. This one is way out of my price range. Oh, see, now there's your problem. Price range is really just a frame of mind. The facts are that you work hard. You deserve this. And God wants you to be happy. Yeah, appreciate your enthusiasm, but um, God never said that. know that a uh, new car salesman loses 30% of his value the second he leaves the lot? Yeah, true facts. Google it. All right, I, I told Thomas about that video before, and I told him the problem is it wasn't a Jeep, right, Thomas? That's the problem, so you need a Jeep, you can find Thomas. All right, All right welcome. Everybody good? You good? Let me get you a shout one more time. Oh, the good shouters left, I guess. All right, here we go. So we are in the second week of a four-part series right now, four-part series. I think that's what it's going to be, unless God says, I didn't say this either, Jack, and you said it, so go ahead with it. But we're talking about, I did not say that. And we're talking about God when things that people say that they attribute to God, but God never said that, never said it at all. And so um, last week, we talked about God will not give you any more than you can handle. Anybody come up with a situation this week where somebody said that? Okay. Anybody? Did you say, you're wrong? He will. And we talked about that last week. We talked about what happens that most of Scripture is filled with people who have more than they can handle. Most of our lives, everybody's lives, filled with something more than you can handle. You're darn right it is. And you know, last week when I got that text and I said it was God, it really was because it was my app, my version app saying, don't forget to read your Bible. <laughs> God texts me in the middle of church. And if you don't believe me, go back to the tape and watch it. Watch it. That tells you how old I am. I said, tape, watch it online. You know what I mean? All right. So God will not give you anything more than you handle. And hopefully you're able to correct people rightly because God wants you to experience his presence and his power. And that's what we dealt with last week. Next week is a very, very dangerous belief. And I can't wait to get to that. And it's called Do What You Want, where we live in a culture where it says it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anybody. And it's a very, very dangerous belief. And the last week, which is probably the most important, particularly in this world, I was able to listen to a professor, a traveling professor, talk about the generational gaps. And it really spoke to me through this series about the church, and the last week is believe what you want, where we live in a culture where we say it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere about it, and there's a huge amount of danger with that, but today may be one of our most popular beliefs ever that is attributed to God, and that is God wants you to be happy, that above everything else in life, God wants you happy. God wants you to have a smile on your face, wants you to click up your heels, wants you to be like, woo, yay, it's a day, you know? We even sang that song, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. Since Jesus Christ came in and cleansed my heart from sin, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. Thank you. 
you're like, oh, he's healthy again. All right, there we go. Anybody do that? Remember that? And then you had to do it really fast. And right out, right out, you know, remember this? This is the stuff we do to our children in Sunday school. All right. I got to tell you, Jesus came into my life at the age of five. Since that time, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, pretty miserable most of the time. The older I get, the more inward, outward, and upward, and aroundward I am miserable. Except for when I really focus on Christ. So I'm like, what's going on here? But we are going to look at that. If God only wants good things in our lives to happen, and he wants nothing bad, then why does it happen? And this is some of the things that it begins to, to breed. Now, for instance, let's look at this verse from Scripture that we have here. From Psalm 97. I can even back it up with Scripture. Look at this. Give it to us, Melinda. Psalm 97. Look what it says there. May all who are godly be what? Now, you know, when I hear that, it makes me want to dance. Doesn't it make you want to dance when you hear that? What do you think? It might seem Woo! Crazy. Come on. Oh, do it again. Right? You just seen all you guys when this was out. Woo! All right, enough, enough. All right, you guys got a little bit happy there, didn't you? It was the moves, right? Most of the time when I do that, people go, what the heck? And they get really miserable, all right? Oh, that's good. Yeah, you put that on there. You know, yeah. It was interesting. I saw a picture this week of people when they showed Pope John, um, actually uh, Pope John Paul. Uh, no, it wasn't John Paul. It was the second one, the, the brief one. They showed him when he got inducted or whatever it was, and there was one person with a flip phone. They showed the last pope just came in, and everybody had smartphones out. That's the way our world is today. You guys missed your opportunity, okay? But that's how we feel, man. When that song comes on, everybody gets excited, don't you? Like, we just start smiling, and we want to dance around, and, you know, the world could be falling in. But when we see that, may all who are godly be happy. It makes me happy when I hear that song. And so... You know, there are a lot of things in life that make us happy. What I want to do is spend some time talking today about the theology of happiness. About the theology of happiness. And there's certain things that occur when we look at the theology of happiness. And I'm going to touch on several of these. If you believe that God's main purpose for your existence is to make you happy, here's what we begin to do. And I've got some blanks on the bulletins. You can fill them in, and hopefully you'll follow along. And we'll have that up online this week. So if you're watching online or watching later, you can go ahead and do that. But it's this. If you believe that God's main goal is to make you happy, then whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be what? Wrong. Let me say it again. Whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. I've got to tie my shoe right now. All right. You know, Sheryl Crow, since we're singing, talking about songs, Sheryl Crow, how many like Sheryl Crow? How many are like, Crow what? Okay, uh, Sheryl Crow, she had a song. If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, then why the hell, we can say hell, it's in church. Are you so sad? 
That's what that says right there. That's the dominant culture. If it makes you happy, right? You can't be that sad. Why are you so sad? It makes you happy. If it makes you happy, then why are you so dang miserable? It can't be bad if it makes you happy. Anything I want to do, if it makes me happy, I say, oh, it's going to make me happy, so it's got to be good. But then why am I still so miserable in life? If you believe that God wants happiness for you above all other things, then whatever makes you happy has to be good, and whatever makes you unhappy has to be bad or wrong. That's number one. Number two is this. Then we begin to look at discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconveniences, and obstacles, and we look at them and say, they can't be God's will. Anything that causes me to wait on something or anything that causes me any kind of inconvenience can't be, God's hand can't be in the midst of that. If life isn't going right, then obviously it's not God's will. Last week we talked about God won't give you things any more than you can handle, and when we talked about that, we recognized we have a lot, so a lot of my life is more than I can handle, and in the midst of that, I start to say, well, maybe it's not God's will. Maybe I'm not living in God's will. And last week we talked about that no, it helps lead us into his presence and rely on his power. Number three, and this is probably one of the most dangerous, without fully knowing it, I begin to worship false gods, the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. I believe for the American Christian, the biggest detriment to us really serving God is that is the C word, comfort. That if we had to live a little more uncomfortably than our lives, that we might begin to question if God loves us. Because remember, God wants us happy. So if God wants me happy, how come I can't afford this? If God wants me happy, how come my relationships aren't so good? If God wants me happy, how come I don't have a house like that person on the corner? How come I'm riding around in my 80 Chevette that I had as a brand new uh, 16-year-old still, and other people have Maseratis? You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? That's part of the culture. So those three, those three things... Whatever makes me happy must be right. Whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. Discomfort and all those things can't be God's will. And then without knowing it, we begin to ultimately get into worshiping false gods. Look at what that verse from Ecclesiastes that I read today. When God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be what? Happy in their what? toil we live in a this is a gift of God we live in a culture today where everybody wants to kick back and say give me give me give me it's about me 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 and you say you know it's very interesting how many teachers we have here how many people just want grades for showing up am I right they just want to pass for being there well I showed up that's great you didn't do squat Failure is not something that we like. We have field days where everybody gets ribbons. You know, I drugged somebody along with me in the three-legged race because that sucker was causing me to be behind. He learned to move. Nowadays, we're like, mm, what's the matter? We're going to get a ribbon anyway. You see what I mean? And we have that approach to our faith as well where we we start to wrap ourselves up in other things and begin to get caught in. We forget to look that the stuff that God has given us is a blessing and a gift from him due to our toil and our commitment and our effort. 
So what I want to do for the remainder of this time is I want you to hear where we're going to focus on this. Ultimately, if we believe that God wants us happy, then we begin to believe that God exists for us and not us for him. But the fact is, God does not exist for us. God is not our spiritual Santa Claus in the sky where we say, hey, you know what? I need this. Give me, give me, give me. And instead, listen to this. God does not exist to serve us, but we exist to serve him. When we believe that, we reduce God to one of two things. A drive-thru. You ever been through? How many of you have been through a drive-thru? You go through a drive-thru. You say, I say, oh, I'm going to take your order. And you say, huh? I'm going to take your order. Okay, I like this, 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 this. And they say, okay, so you like this, 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 this. And you're like, what? Yeah, I like this, no. No, I want this. And you say, okay, you want this, 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 this. Yes, that's fine. You get up there, and they give you what you have. You put in your time. You sat in the line. You gave them some money that needs, and then you go with it. And we think God is a lot like that. We say, God, you know what? I checked my butt in church this week. I picked up my Bible once. I went ahead and did this. You know, I prayed. And so I expect... You expect you to go, yes, Jack, can I take your order? Yeah, God, I want this, 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 and this. And you say, you want this, this, and this? And you say, yeah, God, that's what I said. Why am I not getting it? Well, because, Jack, I don't want you to have that yet because you're not ready for it. But, God, I put my time in. You with me? And that's where we exist. Or we make God like one of those vending machines. Have you seen those new ones that are like, I mean, they're awesome to watch. You'll just punch money in there. Because we're used to, how many are used to the ones that hang, the bag hangs on there, and you're like, come on, and you're hitting it. That's more like God with us. We want something, we hit the button, and it, we're like, yeah, we're going to get it, and it hangs there. And you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, bang, bang, bang. And then somebody walks by, and you don't want them to think you're totally insane. Uh, but, you know, the new ones now, they're like, it's like, you know. Does everything but go here, you know? But we reduce reduce God to that. We reduce the God of the universe to this vending machine that is just there for us. We said our prayers. I went to church. I did good stuff. I avoided the bad stuff. I rescued the cat from the tree. I helped the old lady cross the road. Therefore, God, you should do this and so for me. It's a tragedy and misbelief. One of the tragedies of misbelief that I see mainly is that people in low times come to the Lord and when God doesn't answer like pushing A5 and getting what they need, they tend to wander away from the faith. God, I went to you. I did this and you didn't fix my problem. If you believe God exists to make you happy and you're unhappy, then that tells us that God fails. And if God fails me, why do I need a God who fails me when I got a lot of people who fail me in life? I believe that God is joyous when you're happy, but that's not his main, main purpose. I can tell you, um, I've coached a lot of years with Jacob, whether it be Little League, whether it be football. Um, I sit and watch track because I don't fully understand that, but he does awesome in that too. And I got to tell you, um, when you know, I was a head coach in, in football, I mean baseball, and I, when he got a hit, I was happier than anybody else I did, you know, the other kids on the team, they didn't hit anything. My son did. I'm like, yeah, way to go, Jacob. Woo, yeah, go, score, yeah. And there's just, I'm happy for him. Now, he w- they did really well yesterday in the track meet, in the state track um, tournament. They did really well. I was elated. I was really, really happy. But I got to tell you, if Jacob then did his race and then looked at everybody behind him and flicked them off, my happiness changes really quickly. You know what I mean? He wouldn't do that. But I'm telling you, if he does... 
That's what happens. I, I'm not concerned about his happiness. I'm concerned about tearing his rear end up when I see him. And he better run faster. You with me? Because, but I know he's not going to do that because he knows who I am. You with me? Like, yeah, woo, you scored a touchdown. Yeah, you got a catch. Woo, yeah, you did this. Great, great, great. He stands up and goes, you go, no. Because then it becomes not only a reflection of his character, but mine. And so when we, God gets happy when we live in joy and do great things, but when we turn around in a sense, go to everybody else in the world, he says, oh, no, 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 that's a reflection of me because you're a Christian, you're my child, not playing. You with me? And so we need to embrace that. God wants us not to be happy, but he wants us to pursue him. It's again about that presence thing. He wants us to pursue him. There's a great book by Tommy Tenney called The God Chasers. And how many of us have chased God down just because he's God? Most of the time when I'm running after God, it's because I need some help. Not because I just want to pursue him and be in a relationship with him. So the remainder of this time, what I want to do is give two specific reasons God does not, where God does not want you happy. Number one, God does not want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. God does not want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. I am, um, I'm, I'm not, uh, sometimes I don't think things a lot through. And when I was, um, Melissa was working one time and we had this, a whole bunch of mulch delivered and there was a young kids there and I just got on a bad look. Um, and then uh, we had kids there and Emigail was there and I said, hey, you want to help daddy? Grab that old rusty shovel and help. Seemed like a good thing, right? Because number one, I teach her responsibility. Number two, I'm not doing all this myself. And you guys are freeloaders anyway, so go ahead and grab something to help out, right? She did that, but being the unobservant parent that I, that I am or was, she was doing it in flip-flops. Oh, yeah, you know where this is going, right? So she happened to drop this old shovel on her toe. Made a little cut. You still got a scar? And she still got a scar. And I said, eh, that's good. Let's wash it out. You'll be all right. Put some Band-Aid on it. And my wife said, you should have brought her in for stitches. I'm like, I don't know. It's a toe. <laughs> right? You know, it started off really good, but afterwards, it wasn't too good. Then there was the one time where Melissa was away. I think Rachel had just been born. And the kids were playing in the, then the toy room. And they were playing in the toy room. And there was like one of those futon couches. I was there, and Jacob had a little wooden train table that we decided not to put any padding on because then that would make it higher and he could get into it. And he pushed down and whack, split his chin open. He needed scissors that time, and I'm like, help. And back then we really didn't have cell phones, and I'm trying to get hold, and we finally got hold of her, and she met us at the hospital and was not very happy. So you see, this is kind of like a pattern in my family. Every time Melissa, every time Melissa would go away, somebody would get hit and hurt. And I thought it was good just to let them go play so I could do what I needed to but unsupervised play sometimes doesn't work out as well as it did when I was a kid, you know. Um, or Dutch Wonderland, where we thought, hey, Melissa, go ahead with Jacob down the slide, and that way he can go ahead. It'll be good. That way he won't fall. He's a little guy. He won't fall. And we start heading down, and Dutch Wonderland is old. How many of you went to Dutch Wonderland as a kid? I thought that monorail was like 85 feet up in the air, didn't you? Now you're like, high five. Uh, but... We were going down this little slide. They were going down the slide. I'm videotaping. No, I think I was filming. I think I was taking a picture or a videotape. 
right here. And, and here he comes down the slide, and his leg got caught in the little metal thing here, and Melissa in here going, good thing it wasn't me, or else Jacob would have had one leg now, and he would have been ripped off. But he goes, and his leg goes, boom. And Judy goes, ah! She screams. I'm like, whoa! We're all like trying to figure out, and his little kid, wah! You know, like, Dutch Wonderland seemed like a really good idea. It seemed like a good idea to go with him. You know, but it's something turned out badly in the way that we started. You know, there are things in our lives that are worse. We think that it's good to head this direction. We think that it's good to get in a relationship with this person. We think that it was good to go to this party. We think that it was a good opportunity to get involved with that kind of situation or that job in this area or this group of people. But then it often turns out pretty badly. So God is not happy when you're in the wrong situation. How many of you as parents have ever had your children's friends that you would be more happy if they didn't spend time with? Raise your hand. There you go. Right? How many of you are right? All right. There you go. That's God. He knows that you're getting into something. He says, no, 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 this not be good. And so that's one area that he's not going to be happy. Look at what the scripture tells us. You know, we struggle with this because this scripture says this from 1 Peter. Look at what it says up here. It says, but just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. We want to change that at times. We want to change that to, but just as he who called you is happy, so be happy in all that you do. But that's just wrong. God wants us holy, not happy. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I have spent with people in marriage counseling, discussing, talking, and going through things, and then I'll run into them. I, I used to do spiritual, I used to do compatibility things and all this kind of stuff, did a whole bunch of stuff, and then I'd run into one of them like a year or two later, and they'd say, um, I, and, and I remember this one person I ran into, and they said, um, I said, how's, how's everything going? I said, not together. Now I realize there's reasons for that. Believe me, I do. I'm not hiding away in something. But one of the main reasons that I hear from people is, well, you know, she's just not happy anymore. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I see people who, go, who make a commitment or focus on school. They make some bad choices. And they say, well, I wasn't happy there. You know, if you have children, you remember when they first came out and you held them in your arms, you're like, oh, my gosh. They're, they're just a joy. And you remember when they're a little bit older? Are you happy? Do they make you happy all the time? You may take joy in them, but sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh, my life will be so much easier, right? But here's the thing. You don't give up on being a parent. People do. You know, I just wasn't happy being a father and a husband and this. You know, I hear people, I'm just not happy in my job, so I just stop it. Okay. Meanwhile, you have a family of tend to feed. How do you deal with that? God doesn't care about your happiness. Remember, he gives you the blessings from your what? Toil. It doesn't say that the blessings from your joyous work. He didn't say go out and say, woo. He said from your toil. And so God wants us committed, and he also wants us to know his presence and be connected to him. I'm, we're, we're so worried about our happiness. And what I find out is the people who end things because they're not happy, guess what? They very quickly are not happy in what they enter into from that point afterwards. You see, there's a definition of covenant versus happiness. When we believe God wants us happy above all things else, we can justify our behavior. Because guess what? Most of us are, are miserable. Look at the person next to you and say, you're miserable. 
right? I heard Gary from the back. Gary said, I am miserable. Most of us are miserable because we're doing stuff we don't want to. It doesn't make us happy. I think retirement should start at 20, and we should start working about 85. That's not how it works, is it? You know, the other day, I, was, I fell asleep on the couch, and I heard the, like, a little ice cream truck guy, and I heard the kids going. And Melissa had been outside doing a lot of the yard work, and I... And I, I had a dream I was eating ice cream. That is, a, that is like, ah. So I got up, and I went and got my keys. I got in the car, and I went to Kilby Cream. And I thought it was banana ice cream, and they didn't have banana ice cream. And it became a nightmare, so I had to get something else. And I ate it, and I wanted to eat a whole gallon of ice cream. I just wanted to eat it. You know, it, it started off that it was a good dream, but if I'd eaten that whole gallon of ice cream, it would have been very, very bad. You see, even our entertainment today is about making us happy. We, we watch and we get engaged in all kinds of things that don't glorify God or, or build ourselves up, but we do it because it makes us happy. We are called to a higher standard. Number two, you ready for this? God does not want you happy when it is based on things of this world when it's based on things of this world you ever watch advertising particularly late night advertising if you watch late night advertising you find out a couple things you ne- you realize you need a sham wow you realize you need a blanket with holes in it what's that called snuggy you realize that you're too lazy to get up off the couch and you need the clapper and that thing never works like it does on TV. They go, it goes off. You got to like, uh, 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 you know, right? You need a clapper. And what's up with that shake weight thing? That is the weirdest thing. We're not even going to talk about that, okay? But there's this cultural happiness formula. You guys know shake weight? I'm going to get huge. I'm sure Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I need shake weight, you know? Um, there's a cultural happiness formula, and I'm going to give it to you right now. The cultural happiness formula is this, that if I have better possessions, and if I add to that peaceful circumstances, increased by thrilling experiences, and add to that the right relationships, and have the perfect appearance, then guess what? I'll be happy. Think about it. You ever seen, go back to 2000 and see how many of you could survive. Let me, let me just ask a question. Who has a flip phone? All right. If I asked that question in 2000, everybody's hand would have gone up. How many have a smartphone? Ah. How many have the first version of iPhone? How many have an iPhone? How many have something like above four? There you go. All right? You see, we always need something more. We always need a better possession. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying when we begin to worship that, it becomes bad. We get better possessions. We need peaceful circumstances. We want everything calm around us. We want thrilling experiences. We want right relationships and the perfect uh, appearance. We spend time on Imagine money we'd save if we didn't have to worry about makeup, gyms, clothing. Well, clothing's a good thing. Um, but you know what I mean? We, we spend so much to make ourselves look better than we actually are. You see, all the things that we put our 
faith in in this world are based off of happenings. And happenings change. That's why we're on like the third version of Tide. I remember as a kid watching Bob Barker on The Price is Right, Tide took out everything until New Tide came out. And then New Improved Tide came out. And that was like super fantastic Tide that they got to add OxyClean. Remember when you got dirt out with OxyClean? It was called bleach. All right. You know, many of you, how many, how many of you have ever been sent to the store to get something? All right, most of the guys' hands go up here. Okay. You go to the store and get something, there's two things that guys do. Number one, you get the wrong thing. Number two, you bring something home that's not on the list. Right? And, you know, we spend time in our lives doing that same thing. Uh, I remember when I was in college. In college, we were trying to save money, and my roommate and I went, and we got in this area. We wanted burgers, and we wanted the burgers that were already made because we're lazy college students. And so we wanted to have them already made, and we went, and we bought these they weren't Boca bur- burgers, but they were, they were um, veggie burgers, and they were like the low-budget veggie burgers. Yeah, uh-huh. So, so we went, and we were like, oh, man, these are cheap. So they're cheap. I don't know what vegetable they were. They might not even been vegetable. I don't know. But we got them, and one night we're like, let's, let's, let's have some burgers, man. Yeah, we're like, yeah. And we took them, and we put a little bit of stuff on it. We bit them, and it tastes like I think a cow patty would taste if you threw on a bun. The bun was good. Um, so you know what we did? No, we didn't throw them out because we're cheap college students. We put more mustard and ketchup and everything else on it to surround it and choke that sucker down and said, we're eating these whether it kills us. And we were so glad when that box was done because you know what? Those burgers were an imitation of a veggie burger, which was an imitation of a real burger. Which, and you know what? That's what the world offers. It offers counterfeits to us. It counterfeits what God has to offer. Today is the day of Pentecost, and most of the people in this world could give a snot about it. Many people within the Christian church could give a snot about it, but it is the day that the Spirit of God fell and filled believers so that we can be the body of Christ and change this world. And so it should be very important to say, I don't have to go to a temple somewhere and, try, give a, and give a confession to somebody and say, please go ahead and ask for my sins. I can go to God himself right here, right now, and say, God, fill me, use me, work in me because of that day of Pentecost. Today, for most people, it's Pentecost. They have no care, no concern, no idea. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. And some people have no care, no concern. For them, it's just a day off. Yet some people paid the ultimate cost of their life so that you and I could have a picnic and eat nasty veggie burgers. (laughs) Do not forget that Memorial Day cost someone his life and do not forget that Pentecost cost the greatest person his life. His name is Jesus. In John chapter 1, I mean 1 John 2 through 15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of, for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You and I were not made for this world. There's some good stuff here, but guess what? Don't get too comfortable with it because we're just passing through. My home is with Jesus. And when I recognize that's when I'm happy when I'm home with him, then all this I can enjoy, but I'm not bound to in this world because I have a home. You know what? 
I, I'm, I've been blessed with a nice house and a wonderful family, but guess what? As the scripture tells me, I got a mansion in heaven. And I guarantee it's going to have internet that's never going to cut out. I'm not going to play a harp. I'm going to learn how to play a rock guitar. It's going to be awesome. If you don't like it, that's all right. Your mansion can be different. But I know the greatest thing is I'm going to be at the feet of Jesus worshiping him. And there's a dinner table that's full, and I don't gain a pound. Hallelujah. Because I'm getting a new body, praise God. As long as it doesn't have a gallbladder, I'm cool. God does not want you to be happy when, when it causes you to do something that's wrong or unwise, when it's based on the things of this world. Ecclesiastes 7.14 says, when times are good, as that first thing said in the countdown, don't worry, be happy. But guess what? When things are bad, consider this. God made one as the other, so guess what? Don't worry, be happy. God does want something for you. God wants you blessed. Happiness is based on happenings. Blessed life is based on God's goodness and his presence. The word for blessed in the scripture is makarios, and it means extremely blessed. Now, I don't want you to think that means God's going to give you all the money and everything, that you need more money, no problems. What it means is the goodness of God in the midst of it all, that as we shared last week with the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient. As we sang today, more of you, all of you is more than enough for me. You begin to have a peace beyond understanding. King David said this in Psalm 37.4, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight is a really cool word in Hebrew. It is the word anog, A-N-O-G. Say anog. Not anogi, anog. What it means is to delight and enjoy and it has a nature of being malleable or soft or pliable. So when I am joyous in the Lord, when I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness the scripture says all these things will be added because god then forms me and molds me into the image that he wants me not what i'm in the great writer max lucato talked about this and he said if you take a fish out of water and you throw them in the sand are they happy do they if you take the fish and you say okay fish i'm gonna take you out of the fish tank i'm gonna take you down to the beach and i'm gonna put you on the sand and say here we are are they gonna go yay i'm happy what do they do They flop and they writhe. You know why? Because a fish was not made for the sand. It was made for the water. As Christians, what we need to recognize is we were created for presence with God and for heaven. Let's revisit that verse that we started the service with. Psalm 97, 12. May all who are godly be what? Happy in the Lord and do what? Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name, because when you praise him, then truly are you happy when you're in his presence. Amen? Because I'm happy. Clap along, because we're going to praise his holy name. As the lights come down, I'm going to ask you that you please stand. I'm going to ask our Stephen ministers who are here to please come forward and be ready for prayer. Um, This is the day of Pentecost, and I want you to ask God. There are areas of our lives where we, we are just not happy. And that we just need to reach out and connect a little bit more to the presence of God. Just to lean on him all the more. Jill's going to lead a song. So I I just challenge you, if you feel led to just come up and have somebody pray with you. To just be in the presence of God. What a great way to start off this Memorial Day weekend and this Pentecost day. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, here we are today. And we're coming to you. We recognize that there are so many things in life that try to steal our joy. But joy and happiness are complete other things. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and we learn that by being rooted and connected to you.
God, I pray that in each circumstance, in every area of life that we're walking into or entering into, that you will be ever-present. Scripture says you are ever-present in times of trial. And so, God, no matter what is going on in our life right now, we know that you love us dearly. Help us not to get focused on the things of this world and get wrapped up into them, but let us just find true joy and happiness in when we glorify and worship you. So, God, today... As it's Pentecost and as those believers were, the scripture says, they were all, all together in one place. And so God, I pray right now that as we are here today or whether someone's watching uh, as they're traveling this week, that we will all be together in one thing and that's seeking you. What you have for us today. We know that we have people in this, in this uh, room that are getting ready for surgeries. We have people that are recovering. We have people that have lost. We have all kinds of things. And God, it's a roller coaster. But I just pray right now that your presence will be with them, that you will bless them. Bless them by your presence and let them know that you are more than enough. For somebody else here who's never heard that they've been trying all these other kinds of things in life and possessions and other kinds of things, and they're still void. And the key, every single story seems to end but I'm just not happy. But it doesn't make me happy. I was happier when. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. God helped them find out what true joy is, and that is at the presence of the foot of the cross where they recognize this, that, Lord, I've tried everything else. It doesn't work. I need a Savior. You're it. Come into my life. Renew me. Make me a new creation. If you said that or something like it, it doesn't have to be exact. I just pray that you raise your hand and that you'll tell somebody so that not only us, but all of heaven rejoices. So God, for anybody who's struggling right now, just be with them. We love you, Lord. Use this time to connect us and let your spirit move in a mighty way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. a thousand times I try to hear from heaven but I talk the whole time I think I've made you too small I never feared you at all no if you touched my face would I know you looked into my could I behold you? What do I know of you who spoke me into motion? Where have I even stood but the shore along your ocean? Are you fire? Are you fury? Are you sacred? Are you beautiful? So what do I know? What do I Were all 
All right, so um, thanks for coming out this week. I hope you guys have a great Memorial Day weekend and a great Pentecost. Um, next week, let's see what we got next week here, Melinda. Um, I did not say that, and do what you want. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about things that we do. So now, um, I'm going to give a benediction. After I do, Melinda, I want you to play that happy song because I want people out here. And I want you, but before you're going to do that, after the benediction, you're going to high-five somebody, tell them happy birthday because it's the birthday of the church, Pentecost. And then we're going to get happy as we get out of here, all right? And you can dance your way out here. I'm going to ask the confirmants to go out. I'd like for you to greet them as well, the young people who came up, and just say hi to them. But most of all, I hope you have an awesome week in the Lord. The weather's going to be near 90 tomorrow. Praise God. And um, most of all, I pray that you will find joy and peace in Jesus Christ, who is God's Son and Savior. Laura, we're praying for you. Strong. You're going to rock it out, girl. God's there with you. John, we're going to surround you with love. Everybody's going to surround. We're family here, right? Whether you just came in today, welcome to the family. Um, I know we're weird looking, but so is everybody else's family. They're always something else. But most of all, you got a God who loves you, and today you got the whole, we're recognizing the Holy Spirit that lives within you, gives you power, that guess what? When this old flesh dies and thrown in the ground, it doesn't stay there. It goes on to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Have an awesome week in Jesus. And play it, Melinda. High five somebody. Tell them happy birthday. Happy birthday.